Hi guys, uh, I'm Joy Cherick and I am a homeschooling mom of six and I also implement the Charlotte Mason method in our homeschool and today I am so excited because I am joined by my friend Rebecca from A Humble Place. Rebecca is a homeschooling mom of two, one boy and one girl, following the Charlotte Mason philosophy. She is a blogger and an art curator at her website, ahumbleplace.com. She wrote a delightful kindergarten curriculum to help mamas learn the beauty and simplicity of a Charlotte Mason education in the early years. She also has created a huge collection of resources, downloads, and art prints for introducing you and your family to a great many artists. She blogs weekly and sends out a weekly email to her readers, usually complete with one sort of gift, download, or thoughtful inspiration to chew on. She is a gift to the homeschooling community, and I'm so thankful she agreed to come on today. Welcome, Rebecca. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being here. So could you kind of start off by sharing with us a little bit about your family and your homeschool? Yeah, so um, my husband and I have been married for 15 years, and we live in Colorado. We have two children, as you said. Um, my oldest is a boy, and he just finished Ambleside Online year three, and he'll be 10 in August. And my daughter just finished her kindergarten year, and uh, she'll be starting Ambleside Online year one in the fall. All right. So, yeah. And how did you come up with the idea for your Charlotte Mason-inspired curriculum? Well, it was, it was really out of necessity. Um, my son's birthday is in August. Okay. And... Uh, he, when he was turning five and, um, a lot of his friends were being enrolled in kindergarten programs and things like that. Um, I just didn't feel like he was ready at the time for that. And so we decided to just take another year. I had done the same thing. I didn't start kindergarten until just before I turned six. And so we really felt like that was just a good choice for him. So we just spent another year just reading books together and spending time outside and, um, doing crafts and things like that, that but then sounds, when he was, sounds like it was fun. yes it was very nice it was nice to have that extra year mm -hmm. um when he was about five and a half I started looking at options for the fall and mm -hmm. I had at that point I had pretty much decided that we were going to do Ambleside online and right. so I started looking at year one which they recommend you start at age six mm -hmm. and I looked at the book list and I started scheduling things out just to see what our weeks would look like, mm -hmm. keeping in mind that this would only be a few weeks after he turned six and he didn't have any experience with any sort of formal education environment. He hadn't gone to a preschool or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I was really on the fence. And then I started reading on the Ambleside forums oh. from some of the more experienced moms. And a lot of the posts said, you know, if you're not sure, just go ahead and wait. And so we decided, we decided to wait um, on year one, but I did want to do something a little bit more structured for mm -hmm. him. And right. so I started looking around, I did searches for, you know, like Charlotte Mason kindergarten or Charlotte Mason year 0 0.5 because Ambleside does have a list for year zero, 
but it was a lot of books that we had already read. And like I said, I wanted something a little bit more structured. Right. Um, and the ones that I found, there were some options, but they were either a lot the, there was one that had a book list that was just a lot. And I think it was actually more than even Ambleside Online year one. You mean the book list had just a, a ton of volume as far yes. as how much you're going to do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Every day it would have taken a long time every day. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot. And then uh, there were other lists where I just didn't really feel like the books really lined well, aligned well with the Charlotte Mason philosophy. Oh, okay. Uh, and so I had, you know, access to different lists in different places, recommendations from different moms that had, right. had done, you know, had homeschooled for years and things like that. And so I decided to just use those resource, resources and kind of um, make my own. And that's really what started it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So as you've helped moms um, start teaching kindergarten, at home and trying to apply the Charlotte Mason principles, what are some challenges that you see or kind of that come up again and again with a new mom mm -hmm. getting started teaching their child kindergarten? You know, it's always your oldest, right? That you right. start your first, that's your guinea pig. Yeah. Um, Cause we're all learning together when we're teaching our children, it's on the job training mm -hmm. straight up. So what are some of the yeah. regular challenges you're seeing? I think, um, you know, in our society, there's such, there's a lot of pressure put on um, parents of young children and young children to become academic at a very young age. Would um, you mind defining what that means real quick? Well, things like, what you, you mean know, by that? they need to start to learn, you know, they, they are, they need to learn to read um, the earlier, the better. There's programs like Head Start, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of a given, it's expected that your children are gonna go to preschool. And I think I've seen um, for some kindergartens, there's a checklist of things that your child needs to know before they even come to kindergarten. And so there's, there's so much pressure to, to really get your child ready and prepared and, and they need to start and they need to, you know, really get into that flow very early. Right. And in my experience, both in my own life, and then what I've seen with my children and what I've seen from feedback from people who have, have done the curriculum, it doesn't have to be that way. And um, I think that that's really hard for especially moms who are homeschooling for the first time to, to really kind of accept because you've got all these voices telling you, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And it's, you know, it's, it's anywhere from just society in general or your local school district or well-meaning family and friends who are right. like, you know, well, your five-year-old isn't reading yet. What's, you know, why isn't that happening? Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest obstacle. And, you know, as moms, we want to do what's best for our children. And when we have all these voices saying the best thing for our children is to have them um, have all of these, these, things under their belt by the time they're five or six years old if they're not if they're not doing those things if they don't have those things then we feel like they're failing them and I even had one lady um, not too long ago when mom emailed me and asked is this curriculum going to mess up my child <laughs> oh. and that's so much pressure you know that's so much pressure and then you couple that with mm. the Charlotte Mason um, world if you're not in it already, it can be intimidating because right. there's these six, 
books that you're supposed to read and you're supposed right. to be, you know. Right. Well, and right now I've seen a lot in the Charlotte Mason world, kind of this movement toward this is how to do Charlotte Mason right. Mm-hmm. Instead of putting it back on the mom and saying, hey, like we're all learning. Mm-hmm. And really, we want to have a posture of humility that there isn't really one right way. You in Colorado are going to do it different from me in Tennessee because mm-hmm. we have different resources at our just available to us. And also like we have different family of origin that we want to teach our children about. Mm -hmm. We have different um, passions that we want to share with our children. So really they're not going to be the same. Yeah. I think it really does. There is so much pressure. I think you're so right. um, That we, and also just, we are in a different age. We are in the information age. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times I feel a burden from that information. Um, and I almost weighed down by how much is coming at me. Yeah. So having to have that, you know, we really have to be brave to mm-hmm. say no yeah. and to say, Oh, I'm only going to go this far. Yeah. 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 So yeah, how do we know? Yeah. No, what were you going to say? Just knowing our own limitations and, you know, whether or not it's possible to have all six volumes read by the time we start school or, you know, right. just really basic, simple things like that. Yeah. 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 I've been reading them for a couple of years and I still have a couple more. Left. Yeah. I haven't finished them yet either. I'm still, yeah. I'm still reading them and I will probably reread them. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Well. It is a life, it's a lifetime pursuit. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've also been looking at some other modern educators and I've seen so much overlap mm-hmm. in Charlotte Mason's principles that she kind of talks about them being a discovery. And you see a lot of other educators happening upon them, um, such as the children are born persons, that mm-hmm. idea. Now, uh, modern educators might say something like, you should respect the child you know, in their humanity, or we should give them dignity under God because Mm -hmm. they are an image bearer. You know, there's some different ways to look at that. Um, But yeah, it's like, I keep seeing this come up. It's like, oh, that's really a very important, um, that's an essential piece of education is that we respect the child and that we, you know, not only do we ask them to show us respect, but that it's this relational, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself. Right. That's how we're working it out in our homes. Yeah. yeah. So how does um, the Charlotte Mason inspired curriculum help moms? Well, at its basic level, <laughs> um, I hope it makes it easier. You know, the kindergarten year makes it easier. There's the book list is there. Um, there's term schedules. There's weekly schedules. There's What's candy crafts. A, do you do three terms three terms yeah so it's 36 weeks total 12 each 12 weeks each term okay and then there's weekly schedules that have everything laid out um but it's very flexible too you know if there are books that you have on on your shelf that you feel like would be a better fit then that's fine too i think one of the things that i ran into when i was looking for a curriculum was these book lists that were so long and I didn't have any of the books and thinking about having to buy all of those books was really overwhelming. Right. What website do you like for getting used books? 
I go to bookfinder.com. Bookfinder, okay. Yeah. I like to use abebooks.com and sometimes I use Addall, A-D-D-A-L-L. Have you used that? I don't think I have, but Bookfinder searches all of the Okay, that's sites. what Addall does. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, same thing. Yeah. Okay. There are similar cool. ones, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. well, that's fun. Yeah, but I also hope that, you know, it takes it takes the pressure off of them in that showing them that it can be simple. Right. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated. And in fact, according to Charlotte Mason, it's not supposed to be complicated. Right. You know, there's supposed to be that full six years of passive receptive experiences, time outside and things right. like that. And um, I think that, you know, children really respond well to being able to go at their own right. pace. So, yeah. 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 And that's another thing that we have to learn as mothers and educators is how to guide them or how to even stop mm -hmm. when they've hit a wall, yeah. either developmentally or just with, within a subject. Right. Um, one of my kids had a really hard time with understanding the concept of zero. Okay. Yeah. And so I was Even like, abstract. we're just gonna, I'm just gonna wait, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna sit, you know, cause I tried to explain it to him one or two ways and he just was not understanding what I was yeah. talking about. And I was like, oh, obviously like this is just a developmental thing. And, you know, waited a couple months and came back to it and it was fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just the same thing with my daughter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we just get so concerned about moving on the schedule. Mm -hmm. um, and even like in, we have, we're doing two different types of math curriculum and both of the curricula allow you to jump to a different section. Mm -hmm. So if you get stuck on one, you can go to another section and get essentially like win in another area. Mm -hmm. a same thing, right? A change is that confidence. Yeah. Get your yeah. confidence in another mm -hmm. area and come back. Let's look at shapes and right. you know, then we can come back to addition or subtraction. Yeah. So how much time does your kindergarten curriculum take a mom and her child each day when they implement it? Well, there are two parts to it. There's okay. a morning time part. Um, okay. and that's, you know, it's completely optional. I've used it for four years and I, I love morning time. Um, and that includes things like singing songs together, folk songs and hymns, um, doing, you know, praying together and looking at art and listening to composers and things like that. Right. Um, if you include that with just the basic readings and a little bit of math every day, it's about 45 minutes from start wow. to end. Yeah. Yeah. It's really short. I mean, that doesn't include like a handicraft time, but that's something, you know, you can do together in the afternoon or, right. or whenever you have time for it. Right. And so what do we say when someone says 45 minutes, that doesn't seem like nearly enough, but in reality, it really is mm -hmm. more than an, I mean, it, you know, cause yeah. you're, you're breaking that time up into chunks and mm -hmm. you're not exhausting the child. Right. You're making sure that you're doing, it's just that precept upon precept, line upon line here mm -hmm. a little, there a little, right? Mm -hmm. It's not here, eat this whole elephant. Yes. Yeah. I really feel like kindergarten is, is the most important part about kindergarten. And this is what I tell people when they ask me is more about developing good habits mm -hmm. for your education, um, for your child's right. education and allowing them to kind of ease into a more academic structure. 
Um, you know, getting into the, the habit of paying attention or sitting still for longer periods of time. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's about spending time together and having yeah. that, that time where you're kind of establishing yourself as that role for them also. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's not just about like, okay, how much can we get done in, in one day? You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about how the curriculum helps the mom, mm -hmm. but how is it good for the child? Well, I think that goes hand in hand with how it's, it's helpful for the mom. It takes the pressure mm. off the child and it allows them mm. to go at their own pace. Mm. If you don't have a list, a checklist of things that they have to have accomplished by a certain age, oh, I think yeah. it allows them to grow at their, at their own pace, at their own level and to take things on as they can. Yeah. Um, so that does go back to respecting the child yep. for the person that they are yes. and where they are. Yeah. Yeah. And also respecting the relationship between the parent and the child and just, because I think it's a lot of it is the boots on the ground, understanding how to mm -hmm. work this out in our homes. Yeah. And on the day-to-day -day level, I feel like that is really where the rubber meets the road. I mean, that's where we're in the trenches. That's, yeah, that's what's. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's a good way, as you said, like, for moms who are homeschooling for the first time to be able to ease themselves into it and see right. what works for them in that flow, what homeschooling is going to look like for them and their families. But then also for moms who have been doing it for years, it's a way to set aside time for them to have with their younger children. Mm. Because I think a lot of times yeah. in families with a lot of children, older children, sometimes those five, six year olds can be overlooked. And so this is a way to kind of, I mean, that's how it was in our family. I was really thankful this year. For having that time where I was like, okay, now it's, now it's my daughter's turn. Mm. And then also, you know, because it's so short, it really allows them a lot of unstructured free time. And it gives okay. a lot more opportunities for being outside and in nature as well, which I think is so important at that age is yeah. allowing children to develop those relationships with the world on their own terms, rather than, you know, as part of a, a curriculum. Right. Yeah, they can go and play in the sand and understand mm -hmm. that when you lift it up and it's windy, right. <laughs> it flies back in right. your face. Like, <laughs> Those important lessons. Yeah. These are just good things to know. Yes, <laughs> that's important. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. So I wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about your picture study resources mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because you offer a ton of free picture study resources and also mm -hmm. you have some that we can buy yeah. on your website. Mm -hmm. And then you also, a few months ago, no, it's all blurring together. You created a video that was yes. so, we, we yeah, just was in March. Yeah. loved doing that with our family. It really helped bring that painting to, to life. Um, oh, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so cool. So I would, I would love to just spend a minute. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about picture study mm -hmm. and what it is and why we should do it, because that is also a part of a Charlotte Mason life and yeah. just the lifestyle is that we're learning about these different mm -hmm. items um, mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah, um, so picture study just at its basic level was a practice that the parents union schools did um, where they had the children look at a piece of art for a short amount of time quietly by themselves, really taking it in and then they would not, they would stop looking at it and then they would narrate it. Mm -hmm. And really what it's about is allowing 
your students and parents um, to develop a relationship with art and pieces of art not necessarily like movements or artists or anything like that but actual pieces paintings and sculptures and, and things along those lines um, and I feel that it's important because uh, well there's there's a few different reasons why I feel it's important at its basic level your children are going to see references to art in society and conversations and books right. and TV shows movies things along those lines and so you are introducing those pieces to them so that they can know, oh, that's what that person is talking about, or, oh, that's what that book is referencing. Right. Um, on a deeper level, I think it really informs our sense of beauty. Um, in a Charlotte Mason education, it's so important to us to find living books, books that um, provide good ideas, deep ideas, um, and are high quality and meet certain standards. And I think that the same thing, especially in our day and age, is true of art as well. We're bombarded every day with images, advertisements, a lot of which are aimed at our children, um, cartoons, children's books with illustrations that, you know, they're not the greatest. Um, right. You know, a lot of things along those lines and by looking at fine art, we can see what's beautiful. We can see what's good. Right. And that we have a higher standard. It, it raises right. the standard of beauty instead yes. of accepting a more flat image with two colors as. Right. Or just, art. you know, just yeah. not quality art. Sure. And then it also, I think it helps, helps us develop our, our, our um, skill, the skill of observation, of paying mm. attention. When you're, looking at a painting for three to five minutes and noticing all of the little details and nuances and all yeah. that stuff that's in there that really spills over into other areas of your life yeah. and helps you really notice things around you as well. Yeah, it really does. And the, that skill of looking at that picture and telling back what you see. I mean, that is so helpful. And we, we even do that in nature and we even play mm -hmm. games doing that. Um, it, it's just so great to be able to recall and then also to be able to articulate what you saw. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Not only for communicating with one another just in relationship, but it could, it could be very important one day or it would, yeah. could really be a good skill to help you just, there, is, there could also be a utility component mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. But I think the reality is we want things that are intrinsically good for the child and also for the teacher when we're talking mm -hmm. about what we're going to include, this, the time that we're going to spend, you know, that's kind of the teacher directed right. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Charlotte Mason said that there should never be a time in a child's life when they're exposed to subpar literature, mm. um, anything that's dumbed down for them, for children, because we do that a lot, um, twaddle. Yeah. And yeah. that, I definitely think that applies to art as well. Yeah. So that's a good segue to my next question, which is mm -hmm. what ideas do you have for families who are getting started homeschooling with their young mm -hmm. children? Because a lot of families are considering it for the first time yeah. and yeah. are kind of being thrown into the deep end of 
taking charge of their children's education, just kind of like, oh, okay, <laughs> definitely doing this now. Right. So what ideas do you have for them to get started? Well, the biggest piece of advice that I could probably offer is to not try to get started too soon, too early. Oh. Um, take that time and mm -hmm. really listen to your child and figure out where they are yeah. and let them kind of um, help you understand what their ability is at their age. Right. Um, you know, that's, I mean, that's just on a, a very basic level. If they're interested in, you know, more of like a Charlotte Mason approach and how to get started in Charlotte Mason specifically, right. and they maybe don't have time to read six volumes. I, I, and I actually want to say that when your children are young, that might actually be the, <laughs> the time when you have the most time to read the six volumes. Sure. Um, but Susan Schaefer McCauley's book, For the Children's Sake, is a wonderful yeah. place to start. Yep. There are lots of, um, like the Ambleside online forums, I think are a really good place. Yeah. And then seeking out people in your community who have homeschooled and talking right. to them to see what. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just saw that them. Simply Charlotte Mason took over the Charlotte Mason and community website oh, and is did. helping yeah. connect. Yeah. Just the, the gal who was doing it just wasn't able to keep up with it. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's actually how I found my group here in Chattanooga, but then there's also, um, there's also a lot of forums that are local mm -hmm. on Facebook, yeah. um, that people can definitely look for, just, you know, yeah. their city, you know, Charlotte Mason is a great place to look, which yeah. is to find, cause there's one thing to read, but it's another thing to have a conversation and yeah. to talk about how these ideas and how these principles can um, be applied because we really, I think, have missed the idea of mentoring and apprenticeship. Yeah. And, you know, we really need that as mothers who are stepping into this role of educating our children. You know, we mm -hmm. need someone to um, you know, just bounce ideas off of. And, yeah. you know, it's good to have a peer, you know, that's working alongside you. And it's yeah. even if you can, you know, when I lived in Arizona, it was really hard to find, you know, older, older women. There was just, there's not enough of them to go around essentially. Right. <laughs> um, it's easier here for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's just so, it's such an important component. Yeah. Um, find, asking for help and finding it. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is, yeah, especially yeah. true. I think it's, it's, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, where we can start to feel overwhelmed when we start to read blogs and things like that at Charlotte yeah. Mason. And so when you can yeah. find somebody who can, you can actually ask them questions who right. has been doing this for a right. number of years with a number of children, that really yeah. is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I have a question for you. What okay. are some principles from Charlotte Mason's philosophy and just all, all that you've read that you keep coming back to to help you stay mm -hmm. focused and give you confidence while you're educating your own children. Because at the end of the day, it's just you right. and your two kids at home, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what are some um, principles? The, the main thing that I always come back to is something um, that I heard at a retreat several years ago. It was Nancy Kelly was giving the, the talk and she brought up... Um, 
Charlotte Mason's philosophy that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate educator of our children. And at the time, it kind of frustrated me because it didn't feel very practical and I couldn't actually do anything. Like, I I need a checklist. But that's kind of the point of it is that you don't do. Um, and, And I don't think it's a license to slack off and just be like, hey, God's got this, you know, Holy Spirit will take care of it. Um, yeah. But I think it's, it's more of like, I know that God loves my children far more than I ever can. And right. he knows what's best for them far more than I can ever. And the Holy Spirit is in them and can speak to them, can open their hearts and their minds in ways to the things that we're reading, the ideas that we're being exposed to, in ways that I can't also. And so I can present the feast and I can, you know, do all of the different subjects with them, but ultimately the work is theirs and it's also the work of the Holy Spirit. And I found a lot of peace in that, that that I come back to that a lot. Yeah. That's that's a good place. That's a good place to end and hang, we'll we'll hang our hats on that. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks Rev so much for uh, joining us today. I'm so excited to see what the rest of the summer brings and uh, thanks guys for watching and we'll see you next time.